Hello, and welcome to the commentary for Red Sun's Investigations, Episode 4. I'm Fiona Thrale, and this is Marley Norton. Hello. <laughs> Our last episode. Yes. Oh. And this one's picking it up from the other one, so it's the first one where there isn't actually an over, um, a little speech from Jim. Because mm-hmm. he's back. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> Very nice mixing right there, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting to compliment you on your direction, but like, yes, you have this really wonderful touch with the with the sound effects and the panning and stuff like that. The scene in particular, it's just like I can picture them walking around this office. Oh, gee. <laughs> thank you. It was a lot of um, most of these sound effects are um, original ones that I made. F- for this, you know, so it's just oh, really? banging, <laughs> banging doors and hammering on doors, and then editing all the dog barking out of it afterwards, as, <laughs> as he went crazy, obviously every time I did that. Screwed up your plans, huh? They were screwed up to start with. So now what? You want me to pass? And finally, yeah, you and Jim managed to get to have a conversation. Yes. Yes, Jim, actually in the present tense. Yeah, that's it. Quite nice for Shane Harris to be able to interreact at last. So, what happened? I got witnesses who saw you pushed off the pier with a concrete surfboard. Was that some other guy? I wish. It's also kind of fun because they both have the sort of um, um, private investigator way of speaking. They have the, the film noir yes. vibe. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not sure. I, I obviously can't hear properly whether your accents do tally up, but they seem to. Or, or your, the rhythm of your patterns of speech do really seem to work well together, I think, in this scene. Actually, I should have asked for... Um, extra lines for that scene but in fact I ended up taking some of Spudsy's uh, grunting noises from beating up the kid which comes <laughs> later on <laughs> recycled sound effects it's great hooray well yeah you know much about red sands bay got its name no and this of course ties in with Last episode, which was the bells under the sea mm-hmm. with the uh, village under there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really feels like the arc of these episodes. You know, there's even while episode three did have its standalone episodic moments, it was really, you know, mm. it really feels kind of like the first part of a two-parter. You know, the first yeah. one and the second ones are pretty standalone. Then the third one, it was really kind of ramping up to to ep- this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were sort of... I guess it could have been one long one, really, but (laughs) I don't think anyone could have sat through one that long. (laughs) Epic, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was one of my favourite lines. Their eyes met across the crowded mortuary. Oh, Max and Lionel. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love to bring them in. I think if, if we, uh, yeah, if we did do another one, <laughs> then I would like to bring Max and Lionel in. 
I didn't. Um, yeah, it's so cute because it's like there's only like two sentences about them, but already they just sound very interesting. <laughs> they were characters I had actually kind of sort of out of it because when it was a longer piece, I, I was going to bring them in. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it would be nice to meet them. They're kind of fun. <laughs> And this is Nick's, yeah, Nick's office. Nick Flint, private investigations. Nick Flint here. You weren't expecting her to roll in before. And this scene was particularly difficult to get a, a sound effect for a Venetian blind to go up. And in the end, I used a, a piece of cardboard folded into a fan shape, which isn't quite the same. But uh, I tried everything else. <laughs> kind of a. A noir essential, really, the blind being <laughs> brought up and down. You know. And this also comes into the other thing that I was a bit worried about for this whole end was the gun, because in Britain, you know, guns... People do have guns, but it's very, it's not so easy to get hold of them as in other countries, maybe. That's one of the things I want to actually ask about. Um, so gun law is very strict. You don't even, you know, black market guns? I mean, mm, I mean, you might, you, you do have sometimes for, you know, maybe sort of uh, gangs and um, maybe sort of people deep in the criminal world or drug world, but you wouldn't have them. Unless, I guess a few farmers might have one, mm -hmm. um, or people who belong to a shooting range, but it's incredibly strict, incredibly strict, you know, there's a, and so most normal people wouldn't have a gun mm -hmm. at all, so for her to get one would be quite difficult, mm -hmm. um, so it's just as well really that Nick was involved with So, where to, Bob? And we come back to Daisy again. Yes. Anyway, take the coast road. And I love this Hello? the way that Daisy, um, Melissa Hearn, sort of just enjoys herself so much <laughs> in, in doing this scene. Never mind that Tiff's in danger. It's like, wait. <laughs> oh, we're playing detective. Yay. Yeah. Which is really the way Carla kind of was in the first episode, but she sort of, you know. Yeah gotten a couple of hard knocks since then so settled a bit that's it that's it a death or two seems to have yeah <laughs> calmed that down and she just hangs up on nick whatever yeah and this is one with intersection isn't it i think i must have said the roundabout oh we yeah roundabouts well, yeah. we have some. Um, I've heard them called rotaries, um, but they're actually pretty rare. Um, yeah. You know, I, I never s knew about them when I was living in the Midwest. Um, they have some in New England, where I live now, mm -hmm. a little bit, but they're not okay. very common. Right, wow. So I'm intersection, sure then we can just duck around the whole issue. Exactly. <laughs> much easier. <laughs> And this was a um, this was a a change actually. The whole thing mm -hmm. about um, Daisy actually the reason her being sent away was due to Victor Triskelin. Yeah. To sort of give her a bit of a connection to you know the current plot and and Carla. Absolutely. No, you, you suggested some kind of 
bigger connection between them. And I think, yeah, they did need that, actually, yeah. Before it was kind of, hi, I'm a new person in town. Oh, me too. Let's get together. Why not, you know? (laughs) Hey, there's people dying left, right and centre. Why don't I make friends with a complete stranger who's a little bit... A little bit crazy and uh, offbeat. And <laughs> yeah, it'll be yeah. fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's no point in both of us going, you know. We hey, could... I think there'd be absolute danger. We're going to go checking me out a bit. Just going to get interested. Yeah, Daisy is a little bit of a, a loose cannon, which is... I, I could, it's going to come up a bit later, but uh, when she finally meets Griff, yes. who is an even looser cannon, <laughs> they both have such glee in deciding to to blow up a yacht. I know it's it's the way that he says it is just fantastic. <laughs> yes, let's torch the place. It's wonderful, but we'll come to that later. Sorry, I'm getting ahead. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, finally Sally in her place of work in the uh, casino. Oh, fruit machines. That was another another Britishism <laughs> we had to discuss. You call them slot machines, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did remember an email from you saying something about, <laughs> was it some kind of food vending machine or something? <laughs> no, there are fruits all around that gambling roulette tables. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's very healthy over here, you know. <laughs> Audio Elan has, uh, <laughs> I think it's a great combination here with Audio Elan sounds really kind of sinister as Sally and then Tiff is great, she's sort of so <laughs> upbeat and uh, obviously lying her head off. Yes, yes. <laughs> Don't find me out yet, I have to shoot Triscoll in. I <laughs> see. Because right from the beginning, it has been sort of stated by several people that Tiff lies all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully she's fairly decent at it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because the way she she presents herself, she seems very simple. But, yeah, she's mm. not quite as, as innocent as all that. No, she's a bit devious. <laughs> yet still kind of simple. <laughs> I think it's because she can't really stand stand up for herself you know she's always a bit of a follower so it's a bit of a sort of passive aggressive mm. kind of mm, manipulative thing so. mm-hmm. I have to ask you you're, these yeah. different cudgels you came up with <laughs> it's rubbish <laughs> did you just make it up or yeah okay <laughs> yeah 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 no. but I just <laughs> You totally had me going. It's like, sure, a flying Nancy, whistling Mary, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're completely made up. But, um, but um, Philip Weaver, who plays uh, Griff, I think he he says it with such conviction. <laughs> it's, it's lovely. No, I I just um, I wanted someone in the town who had some kind of weaponry. Originally, um, Tiff was going to steal a gun from him in fact and, but there needed to be somebody who could stand up to Treskillen in a more sort of um, 
physical way, really. Oh, so originally he had like a a real gun, not just the museum pieces, or was yeah. or was he going to go after him with like a blunderbuss or something? <laughs> I wasn't quite sure at the time. <laughs> that would have been uh, yeah, kind of uh, historical historical violence. Yeah. And even those bulletless old beauties need a license and a health and safety checklist as long as you're armed. Who is this friend of yours? Local? Tiffany Bishop. She works. Yeah, worked for Jim. I know her. Sweet kid. A gun? That'll cause her nothing but trouble. Yeah, I think this is the more of the worry about whether the gun would work. <laughs> have lots and lots of characters going, what, a gun? Surely not. <laughs> Just to make sure no one thought it was, you know, <laughs> not thought about. Well, it's true, because, yeah, I, I'm so used to seeing guns. Everyone has guns in all the cop shows and stuff like that, so I don't even... It wouldn't have particularly registered with me. Well, I thought and thought about it, and I just couldn't think of another... Well, for one, it's a it's a noir essential, isn't it, really, a gun, you know? And um, she couldn't really have threatened Treskillin in any other way, you know? I can't really picture Tiff with a flick knife or <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no. Okay, how do I get in? Here's cables to the back. Well, if you can't get down the rabbit hole, you lose Oh, and this the is the line, path. which he's oh, so yeah. exuberant. Um, maybe a fire alarm. Wonderful. <laughs> 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 I was thinking we'd just set it off. And I love your response as well. You crazy man. <laughs> I'm just going to leave your museum right now. <laughs> Okay. Yes, yes, this was Carla's grand mistake, introducing Daisy to Griff. Absolutely. <laughs> no good can come of those two working together. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although, in fact... <laughs> yeah, it, it, it kind of mostly works out, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. burnt it to the ground and ran ten talents out of town. It's a shame that doesn't happen nowadays. Teskillin has had it coming. Okay, that'd be great and all, but... Looking back at it, it's only when I heard it this last time, just before the commentary, that um, I realised, I didn't realise before that it's kind of got sort of political kind of stuff of the, you know, the workers usurping the the bad leader and what have you in the story and also over Treskillin as well. I didn't know she kind of... um, once and for all. Realized that was you know that better there. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Until I heard it, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really pick up on it. I admit, no. So sure, no one else did either. <laughs> Until now. Oh, well, you know, it could have this extra layer. That'd be fine. Power to people. Yes. <laughs> Pretend I put it there. Yes. Just yes. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it's deep and and mm, <laughs> and subtle mm. political commentary. This. <laughs> Very profound. <laughs> it's not really just a bit of candy fluff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, oh, what do you call that? Oh, cotton um, candy. Cotton candy. Yeah, that's oh, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many punters yeah. try to sneak in? To rob the place? A couple. Most have the secret of the system. The system? Gambling. This is your space. But the pictures, gongs, whatever. 
the idiots can't believe we don't fix things. And I remember you saying something in email that you used to work in a, I, was it a casino or on a on some sort of amusement park or something like that? Yeah, amusement arcade on a pier. So it was a very small, a bit like, not quite like that. It didn't have roulette or anything like that. It had just a lot of fruit machines um, and um, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I guess it just struck me that that kind of it was an incredibly um, intense place um, great you know and, and nothing like this obviously but it just occurred you know that, that kind of atmosphere seemed to work reasonably well with the noir kind of um, there were a lot of I think because you need with noir you need quite a, a small community and to some extent or a small group of people who all know each other so that there is some kind of um, interconnection. Mm-hmm. So um, it seemed as as good a place as any, I guess, to put them in. Although it isn't really completely noir anyway. So, so. it has a lot of the same feel, though. You know, a little bit of the the seamy mm-hmm. underbelly going on. Yeah. You sure? Better wait. Oh, and this is the yacht. <laughs> and it occurred to me I didn't actually specify this is Treskillan's yacht, so I hope that kind of comes across. But hopefully it does. <laughs> oh, didn't it? Wasn't there a line about you know it being unlocked because it was his? And who was oh yes, there was actually. Oh, oh right, yep. Forget that. Forget <laughs> that. There was one there. <laughs> See, you did think of it. That's it. I just don't listen properly. You know. <laughs> it's all right. Not giving it the appreciation it deserves. <laughs> <coughs> it's because we've heard so many versions in terms of scripts and stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. And this one got changed a lot, actually, didn't it? Um, I think particularly over this uh, Carla part. Um, I can't actually remember exactly what happened, but originally she didn't have such a big part at the end. Um, yeah, she um, she hurt her she ankle, and that was basically the end of it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that seemed a bit odd that she'd been so in the middle of things, and she was such a um, an aggressive character, especially if she thought Tiffany was about to get killed, that she would just sit out over a injured ankle. So, yeah, came in a bit more. Yeah, that was it. I'll give you a hand getting back down the pier, but... Yeah, with this one, because there were so many sort of characters doing different things all at the mm. yeah. at the same time, so it sort of cuts between them. And again, there's that worry of uh, that it will all come together. Yeah. I remember I was worried about that, but I think it works. Cool. I hope so. I, I did sort of worry about it again while mixing it, but hopefully, hopefully it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, finally, Pete Milan <laughs> as Victor Triskillen. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> and doing just a brilliant, brilliant job. He he does this great kind of Alan Sugar voice. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know who Alan Sugar is. I actually. haven't the slightest idea. Right. Okay. He's um he's a businessman over here who's who's quite well known for doing um something called The Apprentice, which I believe is an American show originally. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that, the American version with Donald Trump over here. That's it. He's the British equivalent. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's that kind of voice. 
and Spudsy and Dicer. Mm-hmm. And this actually was the scene, I think, that we weren't sure whether to keep it in or to take it out, and in the end sort of decided to keep it in and see how it went. Mm-hmm. But then once I'd mixed it, I thought they'd done such a good job that I didn't want <laughs> to take it out, even if it didn't work. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. But... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's probably a little bit of a digression, but I like hearing Spudsy and Dicer, so... (laughs) Yeah, basically, yeah, they were great. And who are they beating up there? You know, it's just occurred to me that I don't have that right here. I will find out. I'm very sorry, you did a wonderful job. (laughs) Um, It's in the credits, I'm sure of it. It's in the credits, it's in the credits, yes, and you're brilliant. Scared to be alone with security coming on one side and a 20-foot drop into the sea on the other. He's just so creepy here. Through, have you? He is, yeah. yeah. I hate you. Yeah, that's <coughs> obvious. I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> and I bet hate doesn't come easy to you. One of my favourite lines of his is coming up where she shoots him and he, he ad-libs this bloody hell. <laughs> 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 Which is great because he sounds kind of very annoyed that <laughs> she actually fired which is perfect for his character you know he wouldn't be frightened he'd just be really because we both know you're not going to fire that thing blam what the hell's going on here victor yeah, he's not frightened, just really annoyed about the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Waste of money. Why do I have security if they're not going to show up? That's it. And of course, that did. In that um, Spudsy and Dicer scene, the alarm is going off in that one, but again, I'm not sure if that comes across, but hopefully it does. give her that. I'm not risking my say out here dragging her around. Where's Dicer and Spudsy? Another teenager trying to break into a machine. They've got her in the mechanics room. Uh, another one? How many so, yeah, again, kind of the logistics of exactly what to do with bodies. <laughs> I don't think it can be that easy being, um, being a criminal, really, because you do have to kind of think of all the problems. Well, traditionally, they just weigh them down and throw them in the ocean, but broad daylight, yeah. that's a little unsettled. That's it. <laughs> ah, another one of my favorite lines. Don't pretend you don't know how. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty nasty piece of work, really. Mm-hmm. And back to Daisy and Griff, discovering the consequences of their actions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. We didn't really think about what might happen after we set the boat on fire. (laughs) Yeah, they're reactors, really, aren't they? Yeah. (laughs) They're not great things. (laughs) Yeah. But... Yeah, with with this whole kind of thing going between the boat and then back to Tiff and so on, because I was sort of hoping that it would be, you know, a bit more... I was attempting to do it like, um, you know, like in a TV drama or mm-hmm. in a film when 
when the action heats up, then there's quicker cutting. Mm-hmm. But of course, what I hadn't actually thought about when I was mixing it is you can't just immediately cut, really, when you're um, doing audio, because you need that kind of introduction to show where, where you are now, you know, you can't yeah. just suddenly switch. So, you know, when I was mixing, it's kind of like, quick, we must do something, and then it's kind of this slow, the water comes up for the next one, quick, let's do it. And I don't know, it felt in a way a bit wading through treacle, and I hope it doesn't sound like that too much to listen to but that was you know um yeah there's a little bit of you know if you cut too quick you have you know it starts to sound like the characters are actually in the same room because you can't really establish the way you can in, you know with the visual the way you can in tv or movies exactly i think if i was you know a more uh, experienced mixer maybe i could do that more easily but i'm just don't quite know how, so <laughs> I have to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually know. I feel like this is something that, that has come up before in other shows, mm. and, you know, I yeah, I don't know a good solution for it, to be honest. Mm. I thought afterwards maybe that had a better background sound, because Treskulin's office does have a clock, but it's on mm-hmm. very, very low, because um, I didn't want to get it too irritating, you know. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe if there is a very clear background sound, maybe it is possible to cut slightly quicker, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Any thoughts? Anyone out there <laughs> who wants to <laughs> come back on this and how you'd do it, please, you know, be very interested <laughs> to find out. Put her in the far corner. Okay. Ah, oh, there we go. And Sally betrays him. Yeah. And there we go, just as we're getting into a dangerous situation. Let's cue a seagull. Yeah, this scene is one of the ones with the more, with a stronger background cues. So yeah, this one I think, cutting to and from this one I think kind of works. Mm. I guess, yes, it's the pretty rowing clear where yeah. they are, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tiff, come on, chicken, wake up. I'm awake, I'm awake. Oh, there we go. Great. You made me love you about for nothing. Ow, my head. Nick, and I rather like Nick, I can't Tiff and Nick here, both of them seem to... They do... I think both the actors sort of got that familiarity, you know, that the characters do have with each other, that they've known each other for so many years, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yes, kicking doors down is harder than one would think on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. Ouch. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly, because that's exactly where I thought, you know, Nick would sort of think, oh, I've seen this on TV, still <laughs> down. And of course, this is Tiff's heaven, because it's just full of booze. Locked in a closet, in a closet with a lot of booze and a cute guy. Yeah, worst, that's it. things in life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Carla, Hooray. take two. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm pleased actually that yeah you did point that out about Carla and she's back for you know. <laughs> And yeah, let's go in the pier. Nice wind down side effect, by the way. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh... Malcolm, it's Vic. Yeah, Auntie Fantastic you, again from, <laughs> <laughs> from Pete there, yeah. This is Dress Gillen, sir. Ended. Hang on, Malcolm. What? Poor Spuzzy has to be the one to explain to the boss that the house is on fire. <laughs> Bless him, yes. Yeah. Sorry, mate, I'll have to get back to you. And again, yeah, Perry Whistle doing a, a great job on Spuzzy. <laughs> State of the art bloody technology, that is. Cost me an arm and a leg. It's outside. It appears what's on fire. There's fire engines coming. And again, he's not worried. He's just annoyed. <laughs> the house is on fire. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think with Treskillen, you know, he thinks himself so invincible, you know, that even fire is <laughs> just for plebs, you know. <laughs> Come on, pass us the bottle back. They're, they're going to kill me, aren't they? They're going to kill me. And this kind of whole thing, I just thought so often in films, you know, when you see those moments when someone's about to die and they have that kind of intimate scene, and I, I quite like the idea of them having that intimate scene and then not dying and then having to <laughs> kind of face the fact that, oh, you know, I said all that to you. It's just because I thought I was dying. <laughs> um <laughs> That whole kind of like yeah, it does seem to be a convention. You get you get free kisses when you're about to die. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> there has to be some kind of yeah <laughs> compensation, I guess. That's it, because I think originally Carla confronted Sally here, but then we changed it round to Jim confronting Sally instead, I think. Which works better. Because it's so nice when he's the one who walks in on Nick and... <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Carla would have been, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I definitely wanted him to uh, to be walking in on them. Mm -hmm. Plus, because of the fact that Tiff thinks that he's dead, so therefore mm -hmm. she'd think that she was dead if uh, she saw him. <laughs> oh, which is which is probably my my absolute favorite line of the whole series. If we die that quickly, I love that one. <laughs> And of course, this is the one person that I don't think I think he's she's the one person that he hasn't actually sort of pursued. So she obviously uh, wants to pursue him. Jim, I've missed you so much. Yeah, looks like it. 
<laughs> I've never been really clear from this, um, how Jim feels about, um, Tiffany. I mean, obviously mm. she's in love with him, but yeah, whether or not he returned her feelings, I mean, clearly they never did anything about it while he was still around, but... No. Yeah, I think it was... I think the idea was, again, that kind of, you know, that... Again, that sort of traditional setup of the old sort of um, assistant being a bit in love with the uh, the main lead or whatever. So it was mm-hmm. it was that kind of idea. Yeah, I no, I, whether he did feel that way or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't leave that open. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Yeah. I guess as if he was a pretty much traditional detective, he wouldn't probably have had any I suppose he would have been fond of her but not had any real connections with anyone probably you know that or he would be secretly in love with her but convinced that he could never do anything about it because you know it would like bring her you know bring her trouble or something like that yeah absolutely yeah that that would work that would work he's a hard working man sweetheart too many people to memorize huh Victor Jim Marley, private investigator. Marley. Who's the person? The Marleys, together at last. Confronting the ultimate villain. (laughs) (laughs) Who, without his sidekicks, isn't really that much of a villain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but he's... We'll all die if we don't go now. The end of the pier, the ropes support the merry-go-round. No choice, then. We'll have to swim for it. Get your bloody hands off me. Oh, no, you don't. And there we go. It's a shame in a way, again, when I was listening to it, that it goes straight into a scene where it's straight like, oh, Carla, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) So there's no real tension as to whether she actually was in any danger at all. And I I now think about it again, maybe it would have been better to, uh, I don't know. Something like that have some sort of conversation maybe even between Nick and Daisy before Carla came back but there we go <laughs> oh well the episode is a little you know <laughs> it's already it's a bit, already shocker, bit long it? <laughs> yeah so it's yeah. okay God. don't need any more to it so I see what happened we've cornered Priscillan we had him but the fire caught too fast and we had to jump and of course this is the scene where Nick finally I think begins to show kind of how he feels a bit towards Carla as well. Who immediately blows him off. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) of course. Well, apart from anything else, you know, if there there was more to it then um, you know she wouldn't be able to have anyone you know I mean if, if she was having a relationship with Nick that wouldn't really work you know so <laughs> because you think they'd fight too much or what um I, I guess yeah I just think you know if if there if it was a another series I don't know I guess they could fight at the beginning and but if they were both in it together, you know, and if they were both sort of in love and happy, then I don't know if it would um, 
it wouldn't be so dramatic. I don't, do you know what I mean? The I story wouldn't be as good. good. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it might not make for good drama. It might make for a lovely story, but <laughs> it might not make for, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think they would fight anyway. I think they're too, a bit too, um, both a bit too... Uh, Strong-willed. Yeah, yeah. The final monologue. Even after we crossed That's it. And yeah, this is it, in fact, isn't sure. it? It's the end, completely. Yes, we've finished. Yeah. So, just thank you so much for all of your fantastic help in uh, <laughs> in putting this together, and uh, and of course in acting in it as well. That's wonderful. Oh, absolutely! It was a lot of fun. And, and yeah, I'm still looking much. forward to that sequel, if you're up for it. A couple of days later, yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. If, if I can find some time for mixing, or, or if there's someone out there, you know, there's, there's director's classes, you know, if you want to direct something. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I bet we could find a director for this. I hear it's it's gotten quite a fan base at this point. Well, if anyone has listened this far... <laughs> so the they must be very dedicated. <laughs> Yeah, then then I, I, I urge you to think about directing it if you've bothered that much. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's been brilliant fun. And, uh, uh, and thank you thank so you. much for doing this. The, the writing and the mixing, it's just, I, I really love this show. Oh, gosh, no, no, not at all. It's, it's been a joy, really. It really has, and uh, yeah. Uh, wonderful that Pendant, you know, very kindly offered to pick it up and, you know, put it on. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and thank you to anyone still listening. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening along. And, uh, yeah, you never know. There may well be a next one, possibly. <laughs> yeah, and do visit PendantAudio.com. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>